Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. Good evening, everyone. It is 11 p.m. and Pure Gold is once again live and on the air for this Tuesday night, February 9th, 2016. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything, and I think tonight we will cover everything and anything for you tonight. That tells it like it is. My name is Joe Bacino. I'm somewhere in Woodridge, New Jersey, and my co-host and tag team partner is David Gomez. Sir, how are you tonight? Doing good as always, and folks, of course, those zero of you out there listening, please remember, if you ever like to check out our show, check out puregoldpg.com, although I'm pretty sure the website's not working. I don't know what the hell's going on, so never mind. Um... Give us a call, of course, at, uh, you know, 929-477-2593. Once again, 929-477-2593. We've got a lot on tap tonight. Joe, let's get to it. All right, folks. We're going to put a nice bow on the NFL season as the Super Bowl was a two nights ago, and we will discuss and dissect everything about the Super Bowl from the game to the commercials to Cam Newton to Peyton Manning. We'll discuss it all tonight. We'll we'll wrap it up for the season, for the 2015 season. We'll talk some wrestling, the unfortunate retirement of one Daniel Bryan. We'll get your take. We'll get my take. We'll get everyone's take on that. And then we've got some <laughs> nuggets, and I'm sure Dave has a lot of stuff to talk about. But i I got a lot of nuggets here, so uh, a lot of show to fill, oh, a lot of stuff to fill. So uh, before we get started, sir, we, talk, we talked about the Super Bowl. Um I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, we talked about yeah, this, the Super Bowl. This is, going good. this is a great show so far, folks. As always. So far, so far, a great show. But we did talk about the Super Bowl to start, and I just want to mention that three years ago, to almost to the day, which was February 6th, I believe, we were actually doing our live remote from Whole Foods Market in Union, New Jersey, and uh, apparently it's the greatest day of your life. So, <laughs> if it's the greatest day of your life. You know, barring your kids and your marriage, you want to expand the power. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I never said barring anything. Greatest day, period. The excitement, the drama, just uh, the emotions of that day. Having some some people, some fans, some pure gold fans actually there live listening to us, being joined live and in person by a guest, the one, the only, the legend, the myth, the man, the fool, John Paul Gonzalez. I mean, that was a great day. So it truly just. Uh, you know, a momentous occasion for involved. 
And it was pretty yeah, cool to I have mean, people walk around, you know, not talking to us and just looking at us like, what the hell's going on with these weirdos? Like, what are they doing here? <laughs> I, it was just a cool day, you know. We had our PG shirts. Mine doesn't fit me anymore. That's a whole other side story. Uh, you know, we had our fans there with their PG entire. I mean, it was just truly the, probably the greatest day I was there. I got to say that that remote was definitely a fun, one of the best shows we've ever done because it was live and and hopefully we could do another future remote. I mean, we could expand upon that before we, we go off the air tonight and talk about a future remote, and uh, you're excited about that. So, But we, oh, we got to really talk about <laughs> We really got to talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 50 was two nights ago, and it had the Denver Broncos against the Carolina Panthers. The number one defense, Denver Broncos, versus the, the MVP, Cam Newton, and the Carolina Panthers. And, sir, even though it was Super Bowl 50, it didn't really feel like a Super Bowl to me from – from everything, from the what commercials. What did it feel like, though? World Series? It felt like, it felt like a, a crappy playoff game, to be honest with you. It didn't feel like a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if it's just a because of the defense. A crappy playoff game? What are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I guess the defense has ruled the game, and, uh, you know, Cam Newton, Mr. MVP, didn't show up. And, uh, you know, I got a lot to talk about him, but, um, you know, give me your take on the Super Bowl itself in general. And, uh, you know, Payne Manning, is this the end for him? Give me your take. Uh, I loved it, sir. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a great game. I don't know what the hell you were watching. The, two, the defense dominating the game I thought was interesting. Um, definitely a little bit different than what we're used to seeing in the NFL, at least in the Super Bowl, where it's usually a lot of high-scoring games and whatnot. Um, good stuff. Great stuff, actually. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good game overall. I mean, yeah, you look at Peyton, what he didn't do. He wasn't great. He was pretty bad throughout the game, I have to admit. Um, yep. You know, the defense dominated. If you remove the defense, the fact that the game would probably still be going on, it would have been 10-10 to 10 because the defense was directly responsible for 14 points in that game. And I tell you, they just they just dominated. Von Miller was a beast. You know, he was channeling his inner uh, Lawrence Taylor minus the Coke and the underage hookers, of course. But, I mean, really just an awesome performance from that. They whipped Cam Newton and the Panthers, the Black Panthers, by the way, from pillar to post, just whipped them like a government mule, stomped the mud hole in the dry. They walked it dry. I mean, it was awesome, sir. It was absolutely awesome to see. I was going for Denver the entire time. I, I did think Denver was going to win, you know, with the defense that they had. I think a lot of people wrote them off. I don't know how, considering their defense was so vaunted and it was just so good and the potential to be great, which it was, all-time great defense, I'd say, in the Super Bowl. But um, I think a lot of people just wrote the Broncos off thinking, well, Cam's going to run all over them and he's going to, you know, light them up on the Christmas tree. And I just never saw that happening. And, you know, I mean, the score, the final score was definitely not an accurate representation of the closeness of the game. But I thought it was interesting, to be honest with you. I was really into it there. The the old adage that defense wins championships is never more true than it was Sunday night because – like you said, Denver's defense was it was really vaunted this this playoff run. When you look at what they did to the Patriots and people, you know, might have thought that was a fluke, but then when you saw what they did to the Carolina Panthers, a team that went fifteen and one this season, I mean, nothing to really sneeze at. The only thing that um is really interesting is the fact that Carolina jumped out to these huge leads in the playoff games and then I think that they didn't know what to do or how to react when they fell down ten nothing and I feel like, you know, they never got the momentum. They never got any momentum. Cam Newton had a horrendous game. And, you know, Cam Newton, for the guy that won the MVP and then decided to, like, use the Super Bowl as a platform for his, um, I guess, 
I don't know if they're racist remarks, but for him to say, like, you know, he's revolutionizing the black quarterback was just, to me, was a farce, and uh, he really got what he deserved. I mean, he, he, he didn't show up in the Super Bowl. He got he really got pretty beat up, actually, and uh, it was good to see that Payne Manning, although, you know, not his best performance, actually probably one of his worst performances. But yeah, definitely one of his worst performances. Yeah, credit to him because this is like a storybook ending, and I hope he does decide to retire at the end of this because he just has gotten worse as the as the year has gone. Are you right, too? You sound like you're getting emotional there. <coughs> I am. Get me a tissue. <laughs> you know, and I agree with you. I just think that he clearly he got worse as the year went on. I mean, he was he did nothing. You know, the thing, the other thing, you know, to sidetrack for a second, I think that people aren't giving Denver enough credit. It's like, oh, well, Kansas didn't do anything. Kansas didn't do anything. What the hell? What's he going to do? The the defense was so dumb. It's so ridiculous. Just over the top. Just, a, just abuse, basically. There was no way that they were ever going to do anything, no matter what Cam came with. They were ready. They were prepared. It was complete and utter annihilation, which I loved seeing. I thought that was great, you know, to be honest with you. And I think that people are making it like, well, you know, the Panthers weren't prepared, or the Panthers didn't do this, or the Panthers didn't do that. What were they going to do? I mean, the Broncos were absolute monsters. They destroyed they, – they were like Brock Lesnar, eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. Eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. I mean, it was just F5 after F5 after F5 after FU, just absolute destruction and annihilation and abuse, you know, from pillar to post, like I said before. And, you know, he just did a damn good job, and there was nothing that could be done. Like you said, the fact is when you really look at it, when you kind of, you know, step away from the equation, you look at, you know, objectively. And, of course, defense does win championships. Just like for the most part, good pitching beats good hitting. Well, when good pitching is on and hasn't pitched over 200 innings for the first time in their career, you know, shout-out to the World Series there, the, uh, the Mets who lost. Interestingly enough, the Mets tweeting, uh, social media tweeting about, yeah, you know, we know what it feels like. <laughs> to the Carolina Panthers, like, who the hell writes this stuff for the Mets? I mean, that's a whole other – we can go off on a tangent about that, but just annoying to me to see that, you know, the Mets' social media people are so clueless. But anyway, back to football. Um, I think that Peyton has to retire. I hope that he retires. He's got nothing left in the tank. And what's crazy to me, sir, is he got old fast. And you can tell the injuries just totally destroyed him. Why do I say that? Because – Two years ago, he had the greatest season of his career when, you know, when the the Broncos got lit up like Christmas trees by the Seattle Seahawks. Just the greatest season of his entire career, passing records, breaking everything, you know, just going nuts. And, you know, this year, an absolute farce, an absolute travesty, an absolute joke, and he wins the Super Bowl. It's, just, it's crazy the way it works. And I tell you this much, if um, Von Miller and a couple of the guys who were injured had been around two years ago. I think you know Peyton would have been looking at ring number three, but that's a whole other story. So. Yeah, but the, the, the truth is that you, as as good as Denver's defense, as great as Denver's defense was at the Super Bowl, their offense was the worst performance of any um, Super Bowl. So of you got you got to give credit. You, so you got to give credit to their defense, but Peyton Manning. I mean, I don't think there's much to think about. He says he's gonna like sit back and enjoy it and then decide, but he's gotta retire. No, I agree. I think he should retire. I mean, you know, he's not gonna go any better than he did. He's not gonna go out and you know have a great year next year. I mean, unless he saw that was possible, but they're not gonna win in the Super Bowl, so it's not probably not even gonna come back to Denver. I mean, Denver would be dumb 
you know, to not just sign Brock Osweiler and make him the, you know, the starting quarterback because he proves to be pretty pretty good uh, villain. Um, you know, they got to move on and just do something else with their lives. There's no way in hell that, um, you know, that he should come back. But, you know, he may come back. That is a possibility. I do think that the reason he was saying it is that he didn't want to just make a quote-unquote rash decision or seem like he's making a rash decision. But at the end of the day, I totally agree that, you know what, you got to, and I mean absolutely got to let it go. You won a Super Bowl, go out on top. I mean, again, his individual performance wasn't that great. It wasn't. It was terrible. You know, the offense was terrible. And, you know, Carolina's defense was pretty good. But with Peyton at the helm, they weren't going to score anything. I wanted to see him at least get one passing touchdown. He didn't, but I did like the fact that he was able to, you know, uh, succeed with a two-point conversion by throwing the ball because he tried making a couple of throws and, you know, he, he looked okay, but I tell you that the defense was just out of control, sir. I mean, out of control. Um, but it was good to see the the Broncos win. You know, it was great. I think my favorite part, of course, was uh, Peyton's priorities, the fact that he was going to go celebrate with his family, drink a lot of Budweiser, and while drunk, thank the man upstairs. <laughs> uh, it was kind of fascinating that he kept saving God for last, and he kept saying how he was going to drink Budweiser and thank the man upstairs. So basically, he's saying he's going to be boozed up when he's talking to the big guy. Loved it. Uh, what I found, yeah, what I found funny too was that um, on the sidelines, apparently the first person he kissed after he knew that the the game was over was the uh, head of Papa John's. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, but that was pretty funny. People, people made a, <laughs> um, <laughs> people made a big deal about that whole Papa John's thing. I mean, I don't know. I just, I think it's funny that people get so wrapped up in these types of things, sir. I mean, there's so much controversy from the Super Bowl. You know, again, at the end of the day, we, you got to believe that Peyton has to retire. He needs to retire. He should retire, and hopefully he will. Um, you know, but the truth is that he's Peyton Manning. He, he doesn't need the money. You know, why come back? Why get injured? Why continue? Um, I know Todd's calling in, so I'm going to say I have a couple of comments. I'm sure we're going to get back to talking about all this again anyway. I have a couple of comments. Um, about some other, you know, quarterbacks and whatnot. I don't know if you noticed this, but, um, again, maybe I should say for Tyler, when is this fool calling in, by the way? He said between 11.15 and 11.30, so. Oh, jeez, what a loser. Um, wait, hold on a second. Shut up, shut up! Shut up, shut up! That's what Peyton Manning needs to say, folks, and how about this right here? Christ, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday, he'd be out! So this is what the Super Bowl was when you really think about it, when you really analyze it. This is exactly a perfect representation of Super Bowl 50. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Triumph. Bang, bang. That was the Denver defense, specifically Von Miller. And then trying to stop him, that was Cam Newton. I tell you, sir, I don't know how you didn't find that Super Bowl to be interesting. I just... So much there, so much to talk about. I just absolutely, you know, I can't even tell you, I loved it. I absolutely loved well, it. Let's talk about Cam Newton for a second. This is a guy that, 
you know, seemed like he had a really fun season. He seems like he has a lot of fun <laughs> on the field, and then decides to like turn this platform into like racism. And what I don't understand is, okay, you the, all that stuff is subjective, and maybe he's not racist or whatever or whatever. The one thing that I I did find out about him is he's kind of a coward. I mean, if you look at the fourth quarter when the game was on the line. He actually dropped back to pass and fumbled the ball. It's not like one of his teammates fumbled the ball. And if you look at the replay and slow it down, you're going to actually see that when the ball's on the, fo- on the floor, he actually shies away from the ball instead of going after the ball. And if this is the Super Bowl and this is the game that, you know, is going to make your career or you don't know if you're going to be back or not, uh, and for him to shy away, I, I don't understand what he was thinking. Uh, to me, he's a coward. And uh, I've lost a lot of respect for him, especially off the field. I just, I just Cam Newton. I don't know where he came from, where, where he decided to decide that, you know, this is a black versus a white quarterback league, and and the comments he made. I think the the Denver Broncos really got upset over the two weeks before the game, and they got a big chip on their shoulder, and they came out and really flattened them a lot of times. No, they did absolutely, and you know, Von Miller's going to get paid. That's for sure. Um, yeah. They just looked. They just looked. You know, I don't think they were unprepared, but they looked unprepared. And you know, it's about time somebody shut Cam up. I mean, I'm still annoyed the Giants going to get the job done on him and you know finish the game. But you know what? To, it, you know, you can talk all you want. You can say whatever you want. You can talk all the smack you want. But the truth is that at the end of the day, you know, you got to get the job done. If you're going to put yourself in that situation and you're going to talk as much as you talk, you got to back it up. And that's the thing. There was no backing it up. There was nothing. It was just it was just pure bull crap. And it was all Cam Newton talking smack, not getting the job done, not doing anything, and just out of control, sir. Absolutely 100% out of control. And it just makes you wonder... Um, Anyway, sir, it makes you wonder, what was he thinking? You know, what, what in the world were, were they thinking, and, and what the hell was were the Panthers? Well, you know, you're talking all this. you got to expect, sir, you have to expect that people are going to talk. You know, people are going to get upset. People are going to get annoyed if you talk and you talk and you talk and you talk. But then at the end of the day, you know, you don't back it up. That's the thing that gets me. You have to back it up, sir. What did you think about the fact that he fumbled the, the ball and didn't go after his own fumble? I mean, and this is this is the game's on the line in the fourth quarter when this happened. So, um, well, I mean, it looked like he went after the ball, but it's it's just he didn't die for it. You know, that's the truth. He didn't die. He didn't die for it. And I think I don't know. I mean, I think that a lot is made out of that. Maybe a little bit too much, but. Um, the only thing he could have done was throw himself on the ground like a savage, to be honest with you. Did, and did you, you watch the whole game, correct? Yes, I did. Uh, the one thing I don't understand is there's a there's a challenge in the first quarter with the Jericho Cotri throw, and, and unfortunately the Carolina Panthers lose that challenge, where I kind of dispute it. I thought it was actually it was a catch, and they said it wasn't. Um, but yeah, a lot of people said sec- that. Yeah, but in the second quarter, Coach Rivera um, – this blows my mind. He actually uses another challenge on a like a um, a sack of uh, Peyton Manning, where yes, if you if you win the challenge, uh, you're going to gain I think seven yards, or you're going the the Denver Broncos are going to lose seven yards. I thought the use of that challenge in that that 
second quarter on a sack that would have only netted you seven yards was a big mistake because according to the rules is that if you lose one of the two challenges, you're out of challenges. So for him not to save a challenge for the second half, to me, was a big mistake on Coach Rivera's part. Yeah, I agree that it was a, it was a big mistake. A lot of people talked about that. There's a lot of uh, a lot of comments on it, and you know, I agree. I think the same thing. I think it was, and it was a, like you said, seven yards. It was a big thing. I just I don't understand it. To be honest with you, it, it was just a bit much, and it's just to get that small um, gain. It just doesn't make sense why you would do that. Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, and again, if if Denver's defense didn't actually score some points because they actually scored seven points. Um, you know, Denver's offense just didn't show up at all. I mean, I, I guess you got to credit that to the Carolina Panthers because their defense was pretty good too. But, again, the, if you're looking at the, the, the team in general, the Denver Broncos, their defense is what carried them to this championship. And usually that is the case. So, again, I don't, I'm not sure what Payne Man is thinking, why he needs two weeks or whatever, three weeks, a month to, to, to mull this over. I mean, you, you got to ride off into the sunset, and this, this is the perfect way. I mean, I believe he also had 199 wins before the Super Bowl. Now he has a perfect 200 wins. He's got two Super Bowl championships like his brother. Speaking of his brother, I don't know if they, they panned to him uh, towards the end of the game. and he, I don't know if he looked upset or happy. Uh, what was Eli thinking when, when like he knew that Payne won a second ring? He looked kind of upset about that. Oh, that's you know you're one of those fools that just to the controversy. There was no he was not upset. The fact of the matter is, if you really look at that footage, you can see Archie who's right next to uh, Eli behind some people, you know, brother, sister, whoever it was. Um, yeah. And Archie has the same exact look on his face, not happy, not smiling at all, completely serious. And the truth is, it's the same thing. It's the same thing where these guys know what it is to be a quarterback. You know, how many games did the Giants lose with about two minutes left in, the, in this season? I mean, too many stops in the game. How many times a season? A ridiculous amount of times. So Eli knows anything could have happened. It's like the reason people get on cam for not going after the, the, you know, fumble recovery harder is that you could have gotten it. You lose, you score a touchdown, one big play, two big plays, you get a return, you know, a fumble, whatever. Anything could have happened. And Eli's thinking the game's not over. You know, you can't get excited yet. And it's ridiculous to think that he's jealous of his brother because it makes no sense. They both have two rings. You know, that's one of a handful of guys who've won the, you know, the Super Bowl MVP two times, which the first time he shouldn't have won it, but that's a whole other story. You know, Peyton can never say he did that. He's had a better, quote-unquote, postseason career than Peyton. I mean, you know, as a matter of fact, I read that Peyton was upset with the reporters asking him about that, like, you know, no, we don't do that. Basically, like, my family, my brother, we don't do that kind of stuff. There's no jealousy. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're talking about, a hell of a, and I mean a hell of a career for Peyton Manning, you know, an amazing career for Peyton Manning. But like, come on, with Eli, the great career that he's had, also the success that he's had, there's no way there's any jealousy between those two, and he wouldn't be. It doesn't even make sense that he wouldn't be upset there. Do you like the? Do you like the fact that there's a two week, um, there's two weeks in between the championship games and the Super Bowl? Do you think that had an effect on the Carolina Panthers? Um, I don't. I just think that you know what they were. They were cocky. They were arrogant. They went in there with the wrong attitude, and they got punched in the face. And they got punched in the face, and they got punched in the face over and over and over again. Denver's defense was too much for them, just hands down. You know, and again, if if, if you Carolina defense played pretty well, and obviously the offense for Denver was terrible. But if you look at how good the defense was, 
if you look at how amazing the defense was, you know, um, if you were to take that out of the game, the Panthers – this game is 85 to nothing. It's the Panthers um, – sorry, if the Denver defense isn't as, as monumental as it was, sorry, honestly, this would have been a complete and utter disaster on every level if it wasn't for the fact that the Denver defense was so good. Do you think uh, the team – do you think – how about the Panthers, the fact that – you said they came in cocky, but do you think that – they actually lost some respect for their quarterback a little bit before the game with his comments. Do you think that uh, the team wasn't I don't know really if, like? If, oh, wait, you think that has something to do with how they played? I just feel like you need to be on the same page with your team, especially in football, the ultimate team sport. I feel like when when you start making comments, I think Cam Newton's best uh, advice should have been to keep his mouth shut until after the Super Bowl because I, I just feel like there was some dissension between the team and. I don't know if that's going to cause a bigger rift now uh, starting next year, but I, I think that Cam Newton's comments put a lot of pressure on the Carolina Panthers, unnecessary pressure. There's enough pressure that you you have to play a Super Bowl, but now you got to respond to the comments of your MVP quarterback. I, I think that had something to do with it too. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know if, if you know, athletes think the way that we think, to be honest with you, so I don't know how much truth there is to that, but, you know, we can speculate all we want, sir. What did you think about Cam walking out in the press conference? Oh, I mean, he, he, he quoted one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's like, um, show me a, a good loser and I'll show you a loser. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite quotes of all time. I think it's Red Auerbach that said that a way long time Actually, ago. Was, so, uh, I think it was Vince, Vince Lombardi. <coughs> oh, it's Vince Lombardi even better. I mean, I yeah, like that, Vince. Yeah, that's what I heard. But, yeah, I mean, uh, he's 26. He's immature. I, didn't, I mean, walking out of the, the press conference like that, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's, uh, to, you, you can't turn that, this into a black, you know, black-white thing like people were saying. Well, Peyton Manning walked off the field against the Saints, uh, the Super Bowl he lost, and uh, nobody says anything about that. I mean, it's just getting crazy with this whole like racism. It's, it comes down to the performance, and and especially in sports, right? It's about performance. It's not about black, white, Hispanic, Latino. Yeah, it's not about yeah, that. Hispanic, Latino, two, two, two separate things. I think it's interesting that, you know, he's getting a lot of flack for it. I think it's bull because I don't know if you, did you hear the rumors of why he walked out, that one of the Broncos yeah, was, was close to him, was an earshot of him, where he could hear the guy talking smack about him, like, oh, can you throw the ball? Can you throw the ball? You know, talking <laughs> all this garbage. And he was trying to be the quote-unquote bigger man, so he walked away instead of staying there. Uh, I mean, with, to me, I got into and I got into it with somebody on Facebook about it. Yes, it's absolutely stupid and immature and childish. If someone's talking about you, you can't you can't just move on with your life. You have to walk away because if not, you're going to do something. Like, come on, go on, man. It's not like he was talking with his mother or his children or you know anything like it's off limits. He was just talking smack, and that to me is ridiculous. Yep. How about other than the game? I mean, I thought the commercials <laughs> absolutely sucked. I mean, I, I think that that had to. Well, the Turkish Airlines commercials were good. I saw them after the Super Bowl was over. I know you had texted me during the game, but, you know, at that point I wasn't watching. Um, but the whole, you know, Gotham City and Travis, I thought those were pretty good commercials. I can't even lie to Yeah, I mean, those were good. I thought those were actually felt like real commercials. I mean, if you didn't understand Batman vs. Superman, you actually think those were real commercials other than the fact that, you know, they showed Superman <laughs> flying by in, in Metropolis. <laughs> Well, I mean, that happens. I mean, people, you know, I'm sure that people think that uh, that happens all the time all over the place in New York and everywhere else. There. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was good. Um, the commercials weren't great, to be honest with you. Nothing stood out. 
So, I mean, people watch it for this commercial. Some people, you know, other people like you watch it for the football and the commercials. I don't know. I just um, $3 million or whatever it is to pay for a Super Bowl is just ridiculous. A Super Bowl commercial, 30 seconds. To me, by far, the my the funniest commercial was the Doritos commercial with the uh, – the lady that's in the uh, getting ultrasound on her baby and throws the Dorito and then the baby goes flying out and, you know, you get the three screams, the father, the mother, and the, the nurse. Listen, just a side note, $2.4 million apparently is how much it costs to run a 30-second commercial. Yeah, you know that specific commercial that you're talking about got a lot of abortion rights activists up in, a, in an uproar because they were they were, you know, personifying the baby as a human being versus a piece of garbage. I mean, sorry. Uh, fetus or whatever it is, it's just stupid. Nobody ever says, "Hey, I'm I'm pregnant for six months." Nobody nobody says it. Nobody says I'm pregnant for three months. When they have children, it's nine months, it's ten months, forty weeks, whatever the case is. So so for the abortion, this is this whole jab at the abortion rights people to think that you're not human until you know you can. The the life begins at conception, you know, and as the baby grows, it's a life that's grown, and the heart is beating, et cetera, et cetera, in conjunction with the mother. But at the end of the day, you're still a human being. Nobody says, well, I had, you know, a lump of cells inside of me until X, you know, X week. It's just stupid. And I didn't, I saw a commercial, I thought it was funny. And then to see that was a controversy, I just couldn't believe it. So it's just, this is a sad world we live in. It's pretty sad when you could try to find, you know, whatever. You could find, you could try to make anything to politics and you can make anything into controversy. I mean, I, I wasn't even, I didn't even hear about that, about the Doritos commercial. I thought, I thought it was just funny in terms of how they made the commercial, but to, no, to pick I, I it apart. I thought it, was a, yeah. I thought it was a good commercial, too, but you know how it is the world, the society, the living people are always going to pick stuff apart. I think it's fascinating that we're pretty much done talking about the Super Bowl, and we're just waiting for uh, you know Tom to call in at this point, and it's just awful because I don't even want to talk football anymore, but this group is going to call in here late, and we're going to have to talk football for the next like, 30 minutes, so I may just take a nap during the whole segment. If it was if if this was Super Bowl Fifty that just passed, I thought that the halftime show could have been a lot better. I thought that the the people that they picked, with Bruno Mars, Coldplay, and um, Beyonce, were just horrible choices. Especially since two of them, two of the three, had just performed a couple of years ago. I I just I didn't understand it. Um, I thought they could have done a lot better for Super Bowl Fifty. Who would you have picked? Uh, would you have gotten um, you know Mick Jagger? <laughs> I, mean, I would have tried to get, well, yeah, I would have tried to get people throughout the era of rock and roll and, and music. I mean, you could get Paul McCartney, you could get U two, you could get Bruce Springsteen. I mean, they all could sing a song together if if if, if that's the case. But try to get all the people that you know celebrated throughout the years of the Super Bowl Fifty. I mean, these people, um, Coldplay. I mean, really, Coldplay for Super Bowl Fifty. I mean, to me, that that didn't that didn't jive with me. Um, trying to think, who who could they have gotten? I mean, Lady Gaga was there. They couldn't have thrown her out there, you know, dressed like she was uh, something out of uh, the Hunger Games. I mean, I'm sure she could have just thrown something else and have been out there. They could have brought out the White Tiger Zord again and have a uh, Katy Perry ride that thing like she did last year. I mean, you know, it is what it is. To, to be honest with you, I just, just I could could not possibly care less about the Super Bowl. And just to switch to wrestling for a second, did you see uh, Triple H? Uh, tweeting the picture of the the Super Bowl championship, the yeah, commemorative championship that the WWE made and is sending over to uh, my boy Peyton and the uh, Denver Broncos. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, whenever there's a championship in the four major sports, um, the WWE uh, loves to send out those championship belts with the side plates customized. I mean, I saw the one that the, the Royals got, and hopefully the Mets get one this year. That'd be nice. I mean, the, the championship belt looks sweet with those customized plates. I think that's why this belt's going to be around for a long time. And, yeah, the Denver Broncos, uh, congratulations. Enjoy your belt. Uh, I didn't see it. I saw a little bit of the parade before we came on the air. I didn't see nobody carrying the belt last year. I know the Patriots carried the belt, probably because Triple H and Stephanie are big Patriot fans. Yeah, it definitely, sir. It definitely, obviously, definitely, maybe. So I, I, I don't know if there's, if there's anything else that you want to talk about the uh, Super Bowl. If not, we can move on to the uh, sports entertainment segment. Yeah, just to come back to when, when Todd calls. Um, you know, one thing I was going to say, when I look at football, right, when you look at Peyton Manning, who, who honestly just needs to retire, he needs to go. But at yep. the end of the day, you look at these – at these quarterbacks that hang in there, you know, I'm looking at, I was looking at the MVPs of all the different Super Bowls that were walking out, and they look terrible for the most part. All these guys look absolutely awful, and you know, I say that with with respect for them as players. They just look beat, they look old, they look like they've been abused and hurt, which of course is what happens with, you know, playing football all those years. But um, you know, I'm thinking about Tom Brady, and it's all the records and everything that he has and what he's accomplished, and you know, he's definitely legitimately there. Uh, argument can be made that Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Me, personally, I love Peyton Manning. He's my favorite football player. I don't see how anyone can really argue him being the greatest ever. He has all the, you know, regular season passing records and stuff, so that's obviously impressive, but you got to look at football as a complete body of work for somebody who's been in the playoffs. His playoff record's not impressive. You know, 2-2 two two in the Super Bowl, not, not having a good performance, really, in any of the Super Bowls that he played in, and this being, you know, the worst offense of all time, just terrible performance pretty much on his part. Um, but I look at Tom Brady, I'm thinking, man, what does this guy need to prove? What does he need to accomplish? And honestly, I think at this point he's probably just hanging on other than the fact that he loves it, you know, he doesn't need the money. I'm thinking he's there just to win his fifth championship, to be the only quarterback to ever win five titles, sir. I think that's the only reason he's still hanging around. I totally agree. He's there to win another Super Bowl. I what mean, else is there he's for? That, you know. Yep, that's it. That's really it. He's got the competitive spirit of a Derek Jeter, Kobe Bryant. I mean, these guys just love to win. It's like an addiction. It's almost like a drug to these guys. Tom Brady, that's all he's there for. He wants to win. I mean, I'm sure he was completely devastated, and I'm surprised he even showed up actually because they did the introduction to all the Super Bowl MVPs before the game started. Oh, he got and I think out of the, the building. I loved it. I was going to say he got blew pretty building. heavy. He got booed really heavy. I mean, I mean, you would think that this guy was a wrestler and he was like the major heel of the company because he got some major heat there. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely did. Um, I loved it, and, and there was there was a much more there was a much more subdued boo for uh, I was going to say Ray Rice for Ray Lewis, but it was great to see, um, you know, your boy Brady get booed out of the building. That was absolutely wonderful. But, you know, I got to look at him. I got to look at his body of work, what he's done. I, mean, I think the fact that he, you know, he lost the two Super Bowls to the Giants, that, that definitely hurts his quote-unquote legacy. But he's still got four championships. Winning last year was amazing, by the way. If he can win, and even him, I mean, he's, he hasn't been a world beater in all of the Super Bowls. Um, but if he were to win a fifth, he'd be the only guy to win five. I mean, you tell me, sir. I know we've had this conversation before. Would you rather um, – 
would you rather win, let's say, five Super Bowls and lose three, or would you rather go undefeated like Eli, just 2-0? and I mean, what would you prefer, a winning record in the Super Bowl going to more Super Bowls or just an undefeated record in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough – it's a good question because I look, I look at Joe Montana. He was 4-0. Um, but I, I think that – yeah, I, I think I'd want to be Brady. I, I'd want to go for that fifth ring and have more rings than anybody else. I mean, can you imagine if the Giants didn't stand in Brady's way and he already had, like, what, he already had five, six already and going for a seventh? I mean, that that's sick for Super Bowl. Honestly, I think that if he had won that Super Bowl, the first one, 42 against the Giants, and then he goes – actually, no, because it would have been two Giants who was – if he had been the Giants both times, I think he would have retired, to be honest with you. I think he would have 5-0, and would have retired and walked away. You know, because you look at these guys. The reason I bring it up and the reason I bring up Brady, I mean, he still looks like he's in pretty good shape. Obviously, he's still a great competitor. But there's nothing to prove, and it's just you're just there to take a beating and abuse for what? So one day you can't walk because of the career you had in football? I mean, is it worth it? I remember when we had our boy, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, uh, Bruce, you know. He- yeah, your your former um your former uh, football player there, um you know for the New York Jets, and when you look at Bruce and the career that he had and, and you know the, the pain that he's in now on a daily basis, and you look at these guys in general and the pain and, and the anguish that they go through, I mean, really, is it worth it? I mean, I know you have a daughter, but and I have two daughters. But if I had a son, I wouldn't want him to play football. I wouldn't want him to be, you know, crippled or take a chance, a legitimate chance at being crippled. For what? For fame? For money? What's the point there? I mean, it's not even worth it. And for Brady to still be out there playing, I mean, you know, it doesn't make sense unless, again, he's going for that fifth ring because is it worth is it worth the potential of getting a, you know, life-ruining injury, a debilitating injury, sir? I mean, I hear what you're saying. I also think that Brady doesn't get hit as much as you think he does. I think the the, the only time he got hit this year he got, a he lot. He sure as hell got hit against the Broncos, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. He, he took a beating against the Broncos, but it's not like he gets hit like every other game. I mean, this guy is well-protected, and, you know, yeah, if they do hit him, they still, get the pounding, hit. the pounding that you take as a football player, the abuse, the tacks, you know, the tackles, the smacks, bumping into you, you know, you're still, you're still a physical toll on your body, sir. No, I hear you. I mean, these guys, they know what the they know what's on the line. I mean, their career, their lives are usually on the line when they're playing the sports. It's a, the most vicious of the four sports. And um, if Tom Brady was was taking hit after hit, actually this year the, their offensive line wasn't as good as it was last year. So he did take more hits than he did last year. So um, I I still think he's got the drive for five. And uh, it, once he gets the fifth, then we'll have to see if he does retire. But until then, I think he's going to keep playing. I really do. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Now, let's move on to the world of uh, sports and entertainment, sir. But before we do that, let's take a, a quick break for our sponsor, sir. This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Hi, guys. I'm actress Laura Jean Salerno, and you're listening to David and Joe on puregoldpg.com. So relax, put your feet up, and listen in. I mean, not on the table, because that's just gross. Hi, this is Lauren Lester, and you are listening to Pure Gold. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin, or Nightwing. 
And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to Pure Gold. Hi, this is Heather Lynn, 32 Fantastic Manager Extraordinaire. Make sure and tune in every Wednesday to Pure Gold Radio Show and check out the archives at puregoldpg.com. And make sure you check mine out. You might learn a thing or two from some of the biggest brains in the business. Hey, this is Blanca from Group One Crew, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Hi, guys. It's Alicia from WSU Wrestling. I want to make sure that you check out Pure Gold every week, the best talk radio out there. You can hear guests just like me at puregoldpg.com. And, folks, we are back once again, the greatest show ever you heard at puregoldpg.com. Pretty sure it's not working, but that's a whole other – that's like the bane of my existence, folks. Um, you know, we were talking about, the, of course, the football. We were talking about the NFL, Super Bowl 50, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to chime in, give us a call, 929-477-2593. And, Todd, this is pretty much what I have to say to you at this point because I don't know where the hell you are. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where is either. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Um, but let's move on to um, the world of sports entertainment, sir. Obviously, last night was a big night. Daniel Bryan being forced to retire due to his injuries. I know he talked quite a bit about the fact that WWE refused to, um, you know, to clear him, but he was cleared by the doctors and stuff. And then he talked you know, last night. It was a, it was an emotional night, as it were. But what did you think, sir? Um, you know, give me give me your thoughts on that. Uh, you know, Daniel Bryan and everything that that he's meant to WWE, what he's meant to you personally. I know you're you're the biggest Daniel Bryan fan of all time, but uh, tell me the truth, sir. Well, what's interesting is the fact that yesterday, uh, through social media, I started seeing things about like Daniel Bryan's going to show up on Raw, and I thought that this was going to be it. He's going to say that he's leaving the, the WWE because they won't clear him, and he's going to go wrestle elsewhere. But as as things um, as the day progressed, I started reading about how like you know it's really serious and he he really needs to retire. And then when I watched his his speech uh, to end Raw last night, I really felt bad because uh, I thought it was everything he said was really sincere. I thought that the fact that he had so many concussions in his career, we talk about sports and we talk about the NFL and how dangerous it is. Even though wrestling is scripted, I mean the injuries. Uh, um, quoting a commercial here, I guess, from the WWE back in the day, but the injuries are real, and, you know, they, they put their bodies on the line just like football players or any athlete does. So when I heard him make the speech about how he's been wrestling for 16 years and how, uh, like, people like William Regal and um, some others like Kane um, had a big positive influence in his wrestling career, and, uh, you know, he didn't thank people like Triple H or Vince McMahon, but he did thank the people that <laughs> of course he not. worked with. Why would, yeah, he ever, so why would he ever thank uh, Triple H to, you know, calling him a B-plus player? <laughs> well, that, I think that's part of the heat that he got, and I think he went along with it. But when I, when, when he finally announced he's retiring, but the way he spun it to be such a, a positive in a positive way to say how he's actually grateful for all the things that the WWE has given him and what the wrestling business has given him, I thought it was a really great speech. Probably my favorite, uh, you know, retirement speech of all time, to be honest with you, the way he delivered it. I just thought it was a really emotional night, and it just sucks that somebody like that has to retire before, you know, just like Edge had to retire before his uh, his prime. Right. Yeah, Edge is, Edge is messed up, but that was more expected because of you knew he had, like, serious neck injuries and stuff, and this was just out of, like, kind of out of nowhere with Daniel Bryan, sir. 
Um, I mean, get, where were you? He only wrestled five years in the WWE. So where would you place him, sir, in terms of all-time grades? Um, that's a good question. He he actually won the the world heavyweight title uh, at WrestleMania 30. So um, he, it's not like he won a lot. Of, you know, he was also a world heavyweight champion um, on SmackDown a couple times. So um, the fact that he didn't have a long career, I, I don't. You know, people well long again, career in the WWE. Yeah, again, he he did make an impact um, in terms of just the way he started this, what you call the yes movement, I guess. People really right. got behind him, and he became the ultimate underdog, and I really liked that. I I thought that they did a good job with that, and um, he did a great job with the crowd. I mean, he was over on the crowd. I mean, you talk about people that are over. He was one of the most over people that you'll ever see in the WWE. No, he was definitely over, extremely popular, you know, for such a short guy. And, you know, really built him on mostly just entering talent because he's not that great on the microphone, never was. I mean, he cut a good promo yesterday, but really it was just him sharing from his heart more than anything. Uh, I never thought he was that great on the microphone. But, man, I tell you, the fans love this guy. Absolutely thought he was great, thought he was amazing, thought he was wonderful. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, he's an undersized guy. Really popular in the Indies, came over here. The thing about the WWE is you got to realize a lot of the fans in these arenas are the same fans that go to, you know, a TNA show. The same fan, well, if anybody goes to TNA shows, the same fans that go to ROH shows, the same fans that go to, you know, different types of wrestling promotions where you've had Ring of Honor, where you, well, I said ROH, where you've had all these different, you know, people wrestle all over the world. And a lot of them are smart. So, you know, I'm going to side segue from Daniel Brown. We'll get back to him in a minute. But do you know who, if you look at the WWE now, who do you think could be the next Daniel Bryan? I mean, I know who it is, and I'll get into it, but what do you think, sir? I'm only going to guess, and you're going to, I'm going to guess it's Sami Zayn. Well, that, that's actually a really good guy. <laughs> I totally forgot about him. Uh wasn't thinking about him at all, actually. No, I was actually thinking of uh, AJ Styles. I mean, a guy who, who the, only, the only thing that would hurt AJ is the fact that he's older now. He's older than Daniel yeah. Bryan now at this point right. in his career. But, um, you know, a guy who's small, a guy who, you know, is undersized, they always talk about how he's an underdog and he's going in there against these people, the big dogs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A guy that the fans will like because of his entering ability and somebody who I think can get to the top of the mountain. I hope he gets a run, at least one run in the WWE as a world heavyweight champion. But I think he could be the next type of Daniel Bryan character. Again, you know, he's probably more towards the end of his career than anything than, than when Daniel came to the WWE, the, you know, originally. But I just think he's that same type of, you know, guy who can't really talk on the microphone, but is a great performer in the ring, you know, and that's why fans like him. I think he's got a chance at being that sort of guy, sir. Yeah, I mean, you look at him and Chris Jericho. I mean, Chris Jericho's been a world heavyweight champion multiple times. Why can't AJ Styles do it? Right, I totally agree with that. But getting back to Brian, I mean, he was just a great yep. uh, in-ring performer. Not, not Again, not one of my favorites. I, I like him. I think he's good, but... Not up there as far as as far as me, you know, my personal opinion. Um, but somebody who's going to be missed by the fans and really just got over again on pure te- pure in-ring ability alone, sir. Yeah, I, I have a stupid, like, I, I bit my tongue because I wanted to bring it up because, again, I, I, I think about the Hall of Fame. Is Daniel Bryan worthy of being in the WWE Hall of Fame? I mean, yes and no, right? Because Coco Beware is in there. I guess anybody well, can be inducted, but, yes. you know. Yes, yes. I would think Daniel, because you have to look at his whole career, not just what he did in the WWE, so definitely I would think he's, um, you know, he's worthy of it, sir. Would you think that somebody that's that over 
could be used in a a wrestling like he doesn't have to be a wrestler anymore, but he could be used um, on TV. I mean, look how over he is just retiring. I know he was in his home home um, home state of Seattle, Washington, but don't you think they could use him on TV? Um, I do think so, you know, but I think he would need time away from the company because, you know, not being able to wrestle ever again and being on camera is going to hurt. I mean, it's got to be difficult for him, sir. Well, maybe he could back somebody that needs a big push. I mean, what if he was the voice of AJ Styles, for example? Like, does AJ, can AJ Styles make it in the WWE these days without good mic skills? I mean, that's, that's a big question. (laughs) Listen, if Daniel Bryan did it, anyone can do it, and that's the truth, sir. <laughs> I guess and you're right. And that's what I mean. That, that's why I look at AJ and I look at Daniel Bryan, and I think they're cut from the same cloth, same type of guy. I mean, between you and me, I think that the the feud between Jericho and AJ is a great starting feud for AJ because those two guys really know how to put on a great, you know, a great match, and I hope they do. I don't know why they're not saving it for pay per view. I think they're wrestling on SmackDown which they did tonight. I guess it was taped tonight um, for Thursday. But, you know, AJ Styles' first opponent against Chris Jericho, I think it's a great move by them. I just thought that they would be doing it at Fastlane, for example, because other than that, I think the the storylines have been crap lately. I mean, WrestleMania can't get here fast enough. The fact that it's a a triple threat to determine who's the number one contender between Brock who somehow deserves a title shot for whatever reason against Dean Ambrose, who gets his gets the crap beat out of him every week by Brock Lesnar, and by the the chosen one Roman Reigns, they've they've tried so hard to put this guy over with the crowd, and they just they fail every time. I don't. I, it's time that Roman Reigns either goes heel um, and just goes nuts, or or just is out of the main event picture because I think people are tired of him already. I agree with you, actually. I think that um, I think that you know this guy is a chosen one. It's funny because I was thinking about something yesterday, and I was looking at Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar, the whole thing that they're embroiled in right now. And I look at Dean; and he just looks like a hobo. He looks like a bum. He's got no sort of muscle mass, no sort of build to him. He just looks like a guy who doesn't belong in the same ring as a Brock Lesnar. But then you look at Roman Reigns, who I don't like, but physically he looks like he could stand up to Brock Lesnar. And I think that Dean is so. When he's in the ring with Brock, Brock makes him look so bad just by comparison. It's just, it's just not legit, you know. It just doesn't look remotely believable. You've got to totally suspend, you know, belief or disbelief. But getting back to the AJ and, and Jericho thing, I think that, I agree with you. I think it's a great feud. I think it's a great starting point. I mean, how I think these guys should go to WrestleMania and just, you know, put on a, you know, a show-stopping match, really, and just to put AJ out there, um, I love it. I love the fact that he's involved. It looks like the Miz is going to get involved in this feud. And I was thinking about this yesterday as I'm watching Raw, which I actually kind of enjoyed yesterday. I watched almost all of it. Um, I even watched some of the parts of the women with Tasha Banks and, you know, Becky Lynch and all that, and I see where they're going, um, you know, with that, you know, talented women, which you could have said that not that long ago as far as the WWE the Davis division looks like it's in pretty good shape. But side note, Back to AJ and Jericho, I think it's a great feud. I think it's a great starting point, and I think that, you know, you look at the Miz, and the one thing about Miz is he can talk. I mean, he's really good on the microphone. If he had the wrestling ability to back it up, I mean, he could have been a bigger star than, than he has been. Really, he's been a lifelong mid-card, and he got that one, you know, title reign, the championship, which he held for a long time, by the way. Um, but I just look at him, and, like, man, he just runs circles around guys like AJ Styles on the microphone, but in the ring, it's a whole other story, sir. 
Well, AJ Styles, if he's not going to feud with Jericho at WrestleMania, then he probably should feud with Dean Ambrose and get the Intercontinental title off Dean Ambrose. I mean, Dean is so over right now with the crowd for whatever reason. They just love how crazy he is. I guess he's like the modern-day Stone Cold, kind of, sort of. But um, he doesn't need the right, IC right. belt. But I think I think you give it to AJ Styles at WrestleMania. They have a great match and, you know, have AJ defend that belt because I don't know what the IC title is doing right now. I mean, you have Kalisto defend the U.S. title a lot more than the IC title is being defended, maybe because it's, cause Dean is in the main event at Fastlane. With yeah, well, that's why, that, that's, why, yeah. <laughs> that's why they pushed the whole thing to the side, and they don't really talk about that anymore, sir, because Dean is in the middle of this other feud. I mean, you know, the IC title was always stepping stone to the world heavyweight title, and I think at some point Dean is going to win. I just look at him, and I just don't see a world heavyweight champion. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. The only thing that I I could take from Raw, and I I kind of enjoyed it. Like um, I enjoyed Raw for the most part too. Um, I did enjoy the Dudleys. I guess they they, they decided to go heel again for the five hundredth oh, time. I loved time. that. I thought that was great. They find well, they finally needed to do it. I mean, you know, the stupidity of them with you know, I mean, Bubba could be on his own and be a great heel like he showed in TNA, which I'd like to see at some point. But it is nice to yep. see him go heel. To be honest with you, I thought that was good. Although, that what what face tag teams are there in the WWE at this point? It's really just. Um, the Usos, who looks like one of them got hurt again last night. And, um, I mean, the New Day is heel, right? The Lucha Dragons, I yep. mean, they don't really have face tag teams, to be honest with you. Yeah, they really don't. So, I, I, you know, it'd be interesting to see. But you look at, again, you look at the main event picture right now, and it's like Triple H versus one of the three guys. And to me, that doesn't really get me excited, especially since the fact that that world title won't be defended until WrestleMania, and then when it's finally defended, we will have a new champion. I don't see Triple H <laughs> hanging on to that title after WrestleMania. And then you look at people like Kevin Owens, <laughs> who, who, and and uh, you know, I, I guess the Undertaker is going to come back and and want to wrestle somebody at WrestleMania, and who that's going to be? Uh, is it going to be Kevin Owens? I mean, I, I don't, he I don't know. Have much choice. I'm thinking Kevin Owens because it's not like the, he has a lot of choice to be wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, unless he fights like somebody like uh, Finn Balor, right? Well, he got hurt. I don't even know what his health status is, but he was injured. So, I mean, uh, injury, the injury bug. Yeah, so the injury bug right now is really killing the WWE when you have, like, Seth Rollins on the shelf, Cesaro, John Cena. I mean, all these guys just keep getting injured. I don't, I, I, it's just the wrong time, especially it's WrestleMania season right now. They're going to try to fill 100,000 people uh, or or close to it. And I, I just don't see that happening with the main event of Triple H versus Roman Reigns. Right, I agree, but I'm, I don't even know. So that's going to be a mess. I mean, I know we're going to watch WrestleMania, but I'm just I'm, I'm not feeling too confident about the, the prospects of it being good. And then when you have guys like the caliber of AJ Styles and Jericho probably tied up in a match against each other or, I guess, maybe money in the bank, I mean, what what draw is there really going to be, sir? I don't think there's going to be any, and that's a big problem. Yeah, you're not going to sell me on Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar because, I, I mean, I, it doesn't make sense to have the Wyatt family feud with Brock Lesnar. I, I don't even know what the Wyatt family is doing. The League of Nations, a, team, a, a faction that really is not over anymore with the crowd, I, I don't know. I really don't know anymore. Like WrestleMania season, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like a, the the downside of WrestleMania season, and you know it's it's not the greatest product right now. Even though Raw was good last night, the storylines are not the greatest. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, sir. Um, I don't, I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think the storylines are that great either. It's just interesting to me the way that, you know, the way that they they work in it and the way that they're making it, sir. I just, I don't know. It's, it just should be interesting to say the least to see how bad WrestleMania is going to be. This is going to be the least star-studded WrestleMania of all time, probably since the olden days. And it's interesting because I, I just decided I'm looking at WWE.com. I was looking to see how many times Daniel Bryan was heavyweight champ. Four, by the way. Three WWE and one World Heavyweight. Um, and Hulk Hogan is in the lineage. They have a Hall of Champions, which is all the pictures of them. And, you know, but what they do is they take pictures of each title ring, so each person as champion. The only one who's in there the one time, and that's it, is Hogan, and that's the old 1986 World Heavyweight Championship, and no other pictures of him are mentioned or anything, so I thought that was interesting. Um, all the other pictures, multiple times, you have guys like Triple H, Brock Lesnar, et cetera, et cetera, but Hogan is in there just the one time. It's fine that they use the '86 belt when I, I when I think of the Winged Eagle, I think of like Hulk Hogan having that belt. <laughs> no, definitely, but he's not there. And again, it's in it's listed in order, so they just kind of skip his other title reigns. His, his most recent one, which is about 13 years ago, when he came back the first time and beat Triple H that whole that one month after WrestleMania 18. Um, but other than that, they kind of got rid of him and just hey, here you go, take this. <laughs> <laughs> So I got some nuggets for you before we close out if you want to hear them. Of course, sir. Shoot. Okay. The one nugget that I want to say is that, you know, not into politics, but it's it's getting it's getting funny because the Republicans had the – well, both parties actually had the uh, New, Hampshire, New Hampshire primary, and I think Trump won convincingly, which means that he'll, he'll keep going on and getting some momentum to South Carolina, which – you know he has a shot of winning that too. So um, and Bernie Sanders actually beat Hillary Clinton quite convincingly tonight. So um, in terms of politics, not we don't really talk about politics, but I th- I think that Trump is a serious contender. If we're going to equate this to like wrestling, I think right now he is the number one contender for the uh, the presidency of the United States. I say I don't understand it. I really don't. You know I used to like Sarah Palin somewhat. I'm I'm. I gotta tell you, I'm completely and utterly disgusted by her. The fact that she is endorsing this guy—he's the most unconservative guy on the planet. I just don't understand the love affair that so many conservatives have with him. I don't get it. I don't get the fascination. He's—the guy's a bully. The guy's a, a buffoon. He makes no sense at all. I'd be scared to have him as president. And the truth of the matter is, when I listen to him, he's all flash, no no substance at all. Every time he talks about. His plans, oh, we're going to make America great again. And how exactly are you going to do that, Donald? You know, he won't ever give any sort of information. When they were asking him specific questions, I actually watched the Republican debate this time. I, I tweeted afterwards, uh, and Pyro Falcon loved it, that um, that Donald and, you know, Jeb Bush, they should have gotten a WrestleMania hair versus hair match, but that's a whole other side story. Um, when I watch this guy talk, he just says, oh, you know, we've, we've got some plans in place and we're going to do this and it's going to be great. We've got some great ideas. We've got some great ideas for healthcare and some great ideas for this. But he never elaborates on them, so it leads you to believe he has no plans at all and he's just saying exactly what people want to hear. And that's it. That's how he's become popular because he says what people think and he says what's on his mind, quote-unquote, but none of it's original and there's no substance to any of it. So I'm just, just petrified at the thought of this fool being the, the Republican nominee, I thought that Marco Rubio had a better showing, although he avoided some questions as well. I thought Ted Cruz had a, had a you know better showing. 
Um, ben Carson, I like the guy, but I'm not convinced by him at all. I don't think he'd be a good president. Just doesn't seem like comfortable at all on the political stage. Kind of seems like he's lost, to be honest, to be like a fish out of water. Not a political guy. Um, and I look at that, then I look at the, the slop over on the Democratic side, and you've got Bernie, you know, communist, socialist, degenerate Sanders, and then Hillary, you know, awful, miserable, sloppy, jalopy Hillary Clinton. Just both of them would be terrible presidents. And Hillary, I don't know how she's even allowed to run, considering Neither. all the shady stuff that she's that she's been involved in, you know. Um, but, I mean, Bernie Sanders would be a terrible president. Both of these guys would be absolutely horrible presidents. I guess Donald is the lesser of two evils, but make no mistake, he would be a horrible president, and he is bad news, sir, for this country. He's bad news, is right. Um, just two other quick notes that um, I know you don't follow the sport, but in hockey tonight was Marty Bordeaux night. They retired his number. Oh, yeah. At the, they retired his number tonight. He made a great speech. They had a good job. Uh, they did a really good job with him. So, and then your, you know, your beloved Knicks fired uh, Derek Fisher, which was interesting because Derek I, Fisher I was, was never wondering if you were going to bring that up. By the way, hey, you were. Yeah, yeah I was I mean, wondering if you were going to bring that up, the Derek Fisher thing. Well, yeah. If the Knicks don't go hire Tom Thibodeau, who was actually the bench coach for the Celtics championship in 2008, then they're really. They're a bigger force than I thought. Phil Jackson needs to get Tom Thibodeau, whatever it takes to get him over here to be the coach of the the Knicks. I think it's a must. I'm not even a Knicks fan, but I know that Tom Thibodeau is the answer, not Mark Jackson, not anyone else, not uh, Kurt Rambis, who's the interim coach right now. But I think that Tom Thibodeau, I'm telling you right now, sir, if you have any pull, try to get Tom Thibodeau as your head coach for the New York Knicks. Well, the the thing is, if you listen to Phil, the way he's talked, he really – he's going to sign a Phil Jackson guy. And he said it. He basically said, you know, he's looking for somebody – because he's asked the question straight out about the triangle offense. He's looking for somebody who's going to support and implement the triangle offense. So he wants yep. one of his guys – he just wants a puppet. So I, I don't know. I think that, you know, it was time for Fisher to go. But at the same time, I don't know, you know, what the good options are when Phil is going to limit the talent pool to just – quote-unquote Phil Jackson guy. That's true. And, you know, Carmelo Anthony, if, if if there's a team that wants him or anything, just trade him, pay whatever he gets paid, just get rid of him. I think that Porzingis, build the team around Porzingis, and I think you're going to have a good future with him. Right now, Carmelo Anthony, if, he, if, if somebody wants him, I say get rid of him. So uh, I'm not really a big Knicks fan, but, you know, th- those are my GM suggestions. And I'm going to close it out with this. I'm going to let you take, your, uh, take us home, sir. The um, This Saturday, February 13th, I believe, is Kelly's birthday, so I just want to wish her a happy birthday. And also, it's your yes, wedding anniversary, so so have a happy, healthy wedding anniversary. I forget how many years it is. Is it like five years now, six years? Six years, sir. Six years, and we've six. never had a fight. Woo! There you go. So happy birthday to Kelly, and happy anniversary to you, and then... I know you mentioned off the air about a PG remote in a couple a couple months or something. I, I I'm definitely down for that. So you uh, keep me in the loop. No, I definitely will. We'll talk about that more uh, when the time comes. But sir, as always, it's a pleasure. Um, it was great talking to Todd. I mean, he really contributed a lot to the show today. As always, I gotta say thanks to Todd. Oh God! Shame on you! That's exactly how I feel about him. Shame on you, you miserable sloppy jalopy. 
Folks, the, those of you listening, which, of course, is nobody, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to always check us out on puregoldpg.com. Great show tonight. A lot to talk about. So many things. You know, I just love having you guys not listening. <laughs> Great stuff. There you go. Check us out. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back next Tuesday. Same time, same place. Woo! What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Nikki Boyer, the host of Yahoo's Daytime in No Time, and you're listening to Pure Gold. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) Gold. You guys are awesome. Woo. Woo. Take care, folks. Have a good evening. Woo. Let's go baseball. Time for some Mets baseball. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.